From the pinnacle of the media landscape, this is Market Edge. Join your host, Larry Weber, as he discovers the answers from analysts, entrepreneurs, and technologists who are preparing the blueprints for the future of marketing. Hear from those who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. blogosphere. Now, please welcome your host of Market Edge, Larry Weber. Hello, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Larry Weber, chairman of W2 Group, a global marketing services ecosystem organized to help CMOs in their new role as builders of communities and content aggregators. And we've got a great community discussion to go on uh, today's show because I'll be talking about the future of relationships and branded online businesses with Greg Waldorf, CEO of eHarmony, America's number one trusted relationship service. Greg was the founding investor in eHarmony and has been involved with the company since its inception in 2000. eHarmony's scientific approach to matching singles is very different from other competitors in the marketplace and the source of its great success. Greg has extensive experience working with high-growth companies as an entrepreneur, investor, and executive. His entrepreneurial endeavors include being a co-founder of Startup and East Palo Alto nonprofit that has provided business training for nearly 500 aspiring entrepreneurs in that community since 1994. Welcome to Market Edge, Greg. Thanks, Larry. It's good to be here. Hey, first, you know, just tell us right now, you know, sort of the the history of eHarmony. You know, a lot of um, our listeners probably know it most from the the ads with the doctor on it, but maybe tell us how it happened and. Uh, you know, the, the origins of, of where eHarmony comes from? Well, uh, you know, the origins of eHarmony um, go back quite a long way, but they very much uh, inspire what we do every day all these years later. Um, eHarmony was founded by uh, Neil Warren, who is the guy that many people know from those television ads. What a lot of people don't realize is that he was a uh, psychologist in private practice here in Pasadena, California, for about 35 years, working with couples on all kinds of marriage-related issues. And he became very interested in why do certain marriages seem to go so well and other ones end uh, in not such good shape. And additionally, there are a lot of marriages that stay together, but they're not very happy over those years. And he had a vision for a company that could help people to make better choices and find really uh, satisfying marriages. So Neil, as a uh, 65-year-old entrepreneur, launched eHarmony in the year 2000. And what he brought to the business um, was a belief that we could actually build a matching algorithm that would look at the traits of successfully married people and that we could use that algorithm to match singles. And at the time, people thought it was a little bit crazy, um, and it was totally unlike everything that had existed in the industry, but it totally worked. And sitting here today, uh, we are you know, really fortunate to have so many people who have been successful for eHarmony using that basic approach that Neil conceptualized uh, many years ago. Tell us a little bit more about the scientific approach. I mean, do you guys like have your own labs and, you know, and 
sort of conduct research on, on relationships and what makes them last and what makes them tick? Yeah, it's a, yes, it is. I mean, we, it is a very much a re, uh, research-driven company. We have, uh, I think we're up to six PhDs who work here at eHarmony, um, helping us to continuously improve that matching system. The original research was done on a large group of married couples before the site even launched. So, you know, there was a lot of challenges in getting the site up and running, from a marketing standpoint, how do you get people into the business? But really the biggest challenge was building that algorithm, and that was done through the observation of of long-term marriages, and um, we didn't just sort of do it once. We we are in a continuous improvement cycle. When we go into new markets globally, we also have to redo that research to localize it. So I just got back last month from uh, Australia where we launched eHarmony in Sydney, and uh, we had redone the research down there. So it's very much a research-driven company. Um, we have uh, downstairs here in our building uh, a lab that we, we observe real couples when it comes to issues of uh, interpersonal chemistry um, and then just generally what kind of couples find themselves very satisfied. Hey, that's fascinating on the... Um on the geography point of view, you know, you look at sort of your peers in the sort of first-generation web businesses like, uh, you know, Amazon or or Monster, um, you know, and eBay. They don't they don't seem to have to customize as much uh, to the different geographies. And it sounds like relationships are different um, that lead to to marriage or long-term relationships in the various countries. How international? Is eHarmony right now, and what are your plans? And is that true that it is sort of geography by geography? Uh, it's definitely true. It's um, you know we we right now have users in more than two hundred countries around the world, and those are people who typically have come to our eHarmony.com site, which anyone can register at. Um, but we have actually focused sites right now in the U.S., Canada, and Australia. Um, you'll see additional countries in both Europe and Asia over the next uh, year or two. Um, and you're absolutely right. The, the research is really essential as we go into a new market because what we are offering to our end users is basically expertise and wisdom from looking at a lot of successful couples. And uh, if we just said, hey, this is one size fits all, I don't think we would be delivering on our promise. And some things really surprise you. There are certain things that are just very universal, and there are certain things that are, are quite different from market to market. So we just want to be there with, with fresh and current research whenever possible. What are some of the universal likenesses, just for the sake of conversation? Um, one of the one of the most interesting parts, I think, when we look at kind of universal uh, attributes, is that people actually tend to assess long term marriage happiness in sort of the same way. So we find that people, by and large, are describing similar attributes when they say that they are happy. Um, they will talk a lot about um, being appreciated for who they are, um, not somebody that somebody else wants them to be. Uh, we'll find that people have the same aspirational uh, 
parts of a, a closeness in their relationship. And then I'm, I, I suspect your next question might be, what are some of the differences? And, right. uh, for example, in China, where we've completed our research, although we have not launched a service, uh, we saw some very significant differences around the impact of children on relationships. So we actually saw in China a, an increase in marital satisfaction after the birth of the first child, which is oftentimes the only child, um, compared to in the U.S. and and. Canada and Australia, where there tends to be a, a dip in satisfaction around the time of the birth of the first child. Fascinating, huh? To to follow those kinds of things. The um, you know one one question about the general business again. I, I'd like to ask is, you know, years ago, um, you know, before web businesses were around, there were loads of these quote dating services or relationship services and much like um, the newer web businesses there's a lot of talk about the tipping point of when you know when does Amazon become bigger than Walmart or when does you know uh, the, the web business really you know take over from the traditional businesses how do you view those traditional businesses and how are they faring is is there going to be a tipping point or is there a place for all these kinds of uh, both traditional and web-based businesses well, I guess there's a couple ways I can look at it. Um, one is, you know, how many people in the U.S. where we have the best data uh, are getting married as a result of eHarmony. We very much think of ourselves, and, and I think consumers do as well, as the serious relationship company. And we, uh, last month in February, released some data with uh, Harris Interactive where they estimated that about 2.5% two, of U.S. marriages were as a result of eHarmony matches, and that equals uh, 236 people on an average day in America are getting married because of our business. Now, wow. I can look at that and say, wow, it, it's just, I'm so proud of what we've been able to do for so many couples, having only launched eight years ago. On the other hand, it's only 2.5% of the people who are getting married, so that gives me a lot of growth opportunity. Um, I, I think that eHarmony and our approach to matching will become increasingly common, but I'm also very, um, I'm very cognizant that it's not for everybody, and it's not, it doesn't mean that people who meet other ways are not going to be happy in their marriages. Um, this works for a lot of people, and we're tracking the long-term satisfaction. I think we're going to have some good results to show later this year on these long-term marriage studies that we do. But it's, I don't think everybody's going to necessarily get married this way. It's just we want to do a great job for the people who do sign up for eHarmony. And, and what's the general number, just for uh, um, contextual reasons, what is, is, is marriage going up or down in the United States, or has pretty much been staying the same, you know, with yeah. or without eHarmony? <laughs> it's sort of a... a a little more than two million people get married uh, each year uh, in the U.S., and it, it's been pretty consistent, uh, at least for as long as I've been tracking it closely. I think it does fluctuate by about a hundred thousand or so each year, but it, it's sort of in that ballpark. I think two point one, two point two million people. Hey, what's the trick? You know, a lot of marketers listen to uh, to Market Edge. You know, what's the trick to getting people to the eHarmony site? What kind of 
you know, marketing things are you doing? What what worked better? What has not worked? Uh, just to recommend is that maybe some of our audience that uh, is you know faces those issues of trying to get traffic to uh, to get to the site so that uh, you have the chance to show them what you're doing. I think you know that the uh, the key to our success over time has really been allowing our success stories, the people who have benefited from our service to be our best spokespeople. Um, there is an authenticity to having actual people who are real customers speaking about the experiences that they had. Um, it seems so obvious in retrospect to have gone this route of testimonial style advertising, and yet at the time it didn't seem so obvious when we started on radio with this similar campaign in 2002 and on television in 2003, uh, we tried other things first. And though the campaigns look and sound pretty similar over time, they've actually changed quite a bit. Um, we don't spend as much time describing the operation of the service like we used to because now it's so commonly known and, and well understood. Uh, when you say eHarmony, um, people have a sense of the business we're in. They don't always understand how our system works or how it's different from what they may perceive as our competition, but at least they know the business that we're operating in. And the testimonial style is really uh, just very, very effective and um, gives us a lot to work with because we have so many success stories to tell the story for us. So you're going to keep using that one, I, I would assume. <laughs> You know, I think that we will uh, we will adapt our campaigns over time, and, and we have some new things in the works, but they are very much uh, around this idea of allowing those, those people to tell their stories. We're going to take a short commercial break right now from Market Edge, so please stand by, and we'll be right back with uh, eHarmony CEO Greg Waldorf and more of a fascinating conversation. Market Edge will continue in just a moment. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998 and formerly known as Joe Bucks, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Uh, here we go. Excuse me. She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by. Whether you're sitting in a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. I think we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day with a side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry. Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat? You were right. This place is so much better. LookSmart, premium and performance advertising solutions. Um, hello. Uh, welcome to our website. Website traffic isn't about paying for clicks. Okay, so I guess we're going to wait until everyone shows up and then we'll... Uh, um... It's about having the right content. So while you're searching for more traffic, the folks at InfoSearch Media are creating the content people are searching for. With InfoSearch Media, you can get more traffic for less money than PPC. So the next time you need to speak to your customers... Welcome to our website. 
They're already searching for you. InfoSearch Media. Get content that really clicks. Okay, so you're telling me that if I put the Go Currency Converter on my site, all my international customers can see how much they're paying in their own currency? Yeah. GoCurrency.com has free currency converters, language translations, international clocks, everything you need to do international business. So how does it work? Conversion elves. Conversion elves? Yeah, watch. Want to know what this will cost in euros? Check this out. Listen up, elves. We got one. $34 US. I need that in euros. Now, people. We got it. Put it up there, elves. Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com. The whoring of Facebook for promotional purposes continues with the WebmasterRadio.fm Facebook fan page. Join our fans by clicking the Facebook logo on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage and keep up to date with all the latest. Become a fan on Facebook. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. From the pinnacle of the marketing landscape, we now return to Market Edge. Once again, here's your host, Larry Weber. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Larry Weber, and I'm here today with Greg Waldorf, CEO of eHarmony, talking about the future of relationships online, but also the future of maybe web businesses. And maybe we should talk about that trend. Uh, Greg, you know, what are you seeing as the real components of building a, a truly successful and scalable uh, web business as uh, we're seeing more and more of those brands in uh, you know, the last couple of years? succeed? Well, I think that the biggest thing that in building a web business that I think is an opportunity, but it's also a challenge, is, you know, really satisfying the end customer. Um, you have a unique opportunity that in prior generations of business weren't always possible at scale, which is to be close to your customer. Um, we have, for example, thousands of customer contacts per day by phone or by email where people are contacting us for a variety of types of support and our business just quite frankly people have very high expectations we are one of the few businesses on the internet that's able to uh, charge an end user subscriber fee most things these days are advertising supported solely and uh, we we know that when our customers are not happy they're going to be direct with us and uh, we are going to try to make every one of them happy if we can and I think the, the large scale of people we deal with, you could kind, you could kid yourself and just look at numbers in aggregate and not think about people at an individual level. But we, we are just doubling down on the customer satisfaction front. We are really trying to get people uh, to enjoy our service, to get a lot out of it. We are taking every one of those customer contacts as an opportunity, not just an, to answer a specific question but to help people beyond uh, what their specific question may have originally been. And and by that I mean somebody may call with a specific technical question, but we see that the settings in their account aren't really optimal for them to have the best experience, and it's going that extra mile. You know, we've seen um, the subscription model work in some other web businesses like Wine, uh, and some some other sort of luxury kinds of places, but advertising seems to be a strong um, uh, play as well. Does eHarmony do anything in the? It seems to me there'd be a rich advertising possibility, or will that hurt the authenticity? And by by the opportunity, I mean, you know, even just the marriage um, idea, the you know, 
the, the ability to find or link to places that you can have your wedding or photographers or, you know, flowers or, you know, things of that simple of a nature. Yeah. We're increasingly uh, accessing those opportunities, and we have a, a site that relaunched last year at advice.eharmony.com, which is a um, content site talking about relationships and giving advice specifically, uh, typically for single people right now, although it will be expanding in some other categories. And I think in those areas, we see a lot of rich ad opportunities. We've also started bringing advertisers onto the core eHarmony site. But I think you described it really well, Larry, that it, it, it has to be taking users to a place that they feel comfortable with our brand, our knowledge, our expertise. And if we can treat people well and 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 explore some of those new areas, I think that eHarmony over time will be thought of not just around, hey, how do I find a soulmate or a significant relationship, but also these are people at eHarmony are experts on all the important relationships in my life. You know, it's it's funny. I didn't think about this before, but as we're talking about it, I was going to ask you a question about the impact of, you know, social media uh, on eHarmony and its business, you know, the blog, the explosion of the blogosphere and and social networks like MySpace and, and Facebook, uh, which is the huge flavor of the day. And, but the the idea that eHarmony sort of at this place between, in a way, I'm, I'm thinking that it's it's part social network, but it's also part commerce in an authentic kind of way. Um, comments on that, and then comments maybe on the the former uh question around the impact of social media on what uh uh eHarmony is trying to accomplish um so i think the you're right that i mean we have a more directly commercial relationship with our end user and as i described before i think that creates a higher level of customer expectation um i'm i often describe to people that when you when you charge for your service as eHarmony does it's not good enough just to throw up a site and call it a beta site and say, hey, it'll work as well as it's going to work. People want it to work perfectly for them, and they are entitled to have those high expectations, I believe. So the social media world, to me, um, creates an additional opportunity that people see the Internet as a place to go for self-expression, for relationships significant and casual and that serious relationships are part of somebody's expectations of what they can get on the internet that said i don't think that most end users who use facebook or myspace to pick the two biggest here in the u.s are really very confused about what they get from those sites compared to what they get from eHarmony. right uh, yeah, you're right, and because it's just so much more clear that you're having a commercial relationship, but still it's something that creates a much higher value uh, than just a sort of generic uh, social network experience. And I think I think we have an opportunity to build uh, a cohort of loyalists to our service by treating people well and making them successful um, through eHarmony. I mean, I, I think about a business that I admire, like Amazon.com, and I'm such a heavy user of their service, and on the rare occasion when I need to get in touch with them for a customer support or customer service uh, experience, it, I just find myself well cared for, 
well taken care of, and that leaves me in a position where I don't think if I can get something for a dollar less than Amazon, because I know it gets there right and they treat me well, and I, and I hope to leave people with that same feeling about eHarmony so when they know somebody looking for that serious relationship, that they'll send them our way. How about some other examples for our audience of, uh, of web businesses that you admire, uh, whether it be how they stay close to their customer or just the, the way they approach the marketplace? You know, I, it's, it's funny, and I, and I have absolutely no affiliation with Amazon, but I'll tell you, I'm uh, I'm a, a, across almost every category they can offer. I'm, I'm, I'm a very loyal user. Um, I can tell you that in other industries, there are businesses that I certainly admire a lot. Um, but, you know, in the web, the one that just comes to mind for me is Amazon. Uh, you know, and obviously I use lots of sites as a content user, but it is an amazing thing when you think about how few businesses you actually might contact and say, I have this. But you would never think of going calling a content site or emailing them and saying, I'm having this problem using your service. I mean, I can't imagine very many but a very high percentage of users would do that on a social media site. It's probably a high number in raw numbers, but it's not a very high percentage. Hey, do you guys buy um, keywords? I mean, do you, you do you, uh, do you fall into a, a you know a big user of uh, of Google's uh, trends? Sure. You know, we are a very large uh, Google advertiser. Um, we, you know, in fact, right now we're working on trying to have even a closer relationship with them. It's it's an amazing group of people up there. I was just there visiting with them, talking to them about a lot of their new products. And so I think it will go, for us, far beyond keywords. They're doing some really interesting things, and, and I think they're reaching out to us as a good partner to kind of explore some of those new uh, assets that they're a part of. I understand they're doing a lot of research in you know um, rich media and, uh, and video. Um, obviously, they bought YouTube, but going way beyond that. How about rich media and uh, as the web moves to a far more visual kind of experience, is that something eHarmony is going to get deeper into? I think it will inevitably. I mean, we our roots, interestingly, as a web business, are very much offline. Uh, we, you know, people sometimes say to me, you know, how, how did you know that you should do radio and TV in 2002 and 2003 when it was very unheard of for a web business? It's still pretty unheard of today. And we really did it out of necessity. Um, a, one of our competitors really had locked up most of the online portals. Um, online advertising wasn't where it is today. And so we started exploring radio because you can get into radio pretty inexpensively. And um, I think that television, which is still our largest acquisition source, as more and more people start consuming what you think of as television, which is just really video, whether it's on a television or on an iPod or, you know, through some broadband connection, uh, it won't really matter. We need our advertising to be there. To some extent, I'm excited about having video as part of a web delivery because that call to action can be, uh, you know, the, the end user can follow up on that call to action so much more quickly and easily as opposed to moving from their television set to their laptop or their desktop at home or the office. Huh. Hey, is your business seasonal? I, I've always wondered, is, you know, do you get more traffic uh, during Valentine's uh, Day week? Or, uh, you know, what people say that sometimes the loneliest periods are the, the holidays, or is it, is it pretty consistent year-round? Year 
We, we have seasonal strength in Q1 for the exact reason you described. So basically from the week after Christmas through Valentine's Day is a seasonally strong period. We see just uh, more tailwind in customer acquisition. Uh, but it's not so seasonally significant that we do, you know, 75% of our business in Q1 or something. But it's definitely the strongest quarter of the year. How do you, and just one last question on the sort of the monetization part, how do you guys come up with the, the cost structure for your services? I mean, is, has that been an easy thing to do, and, and, or, or has it been difficult? Well, in the early days, I think it was very entrepreneurial. I've had some great conversations with uh, Greg Forgatch, who's eHarmony's uh, founding CEO and did a really wonderful job here uh, about, you know, the different pricing models that they tried. And, you know, I think it was probably some good fortune that we found the right place that we did. Over the years, as we've had much more scale, uh, we've been able to put into place a really significant price testing, uh, you know, system, basically, that allows us to figure out where the best pricing is for our users, what the best discounting approaches are, though we really do try to maintain what we would think of as our list price for most new users that do come into the system. Hey, the future of eHarmony, I mean, obviously, you're you're going out and conquering new regions and geographies, and, you know, your core business is going to continue to grow because you seem, guys seem to really execute uh, excellently on it um but you know there's a lot of categories that could use um you know advice about relationships think about families or think about um even business relationships is are those kinds of things in in the harmony's future or and if they're not what is in the harmony's future you know i think the uh description you had about serious relationships is very much how i think about it too is that e- i think people are ready for eHarmony to give them help, give them advice on all those significant relationships in your life, whether it's a parenting relationship, it may be with elderly parents, it could be um, with just significant stages of your life around employment. That's Those are very significant relationships, and we're exploring those, though I have to say we, we find ourselves... Uh, still up to our eyeballs in work, trying to capture this enormous opportunity uh, for singles who want to get married. So we're, we're trying to find time to pursue some of these other opportunities. And what I find so interesting is how often people come to us asking for this stuff. And that, that that's a good sign to me if end consumers think that eHarmony should be able to help them with something like parenting. That's great. Um, what We only have a uh, minute or two left, Greg, and I always ask this to every uh, guest that comes on to Market Edge. Is there any other fun sites that, you know, on, uh, obviously not just eHarmony, that uh, you personally have enjoyed the last few months that uh, you'd like to share with our audience that you just think is a fun and great site? I mean, not necessarily because of its business, just that it's um, something that's new that's come into your life from the uh, from the web. Well, I wish Larry had known about this question before. Uh, I'd say the one that is probably the newest site that I've uh, just tried, and I really have just started exploring it, I had an opportunity to um, go on this uh, 23andMe, which is a, a DNA uh, sequencing or a DNA analysis site, and um, it uh, has an investment from Google, and it's definitely at the leading edge of, I think, a lot of the advances that have happened um, in understanding 
the human body and and where people come from and it's it's a it's an amazing experience they send you this little plastic tube which you spit into and you fedex it off to them and they have a lot of devices that help to ensure your privacy and uh, you get back a report online about six weeks later that's everything around where your heritage is from and it's it's quite interesting to see the parts of the world that they can figure out that your mother and your father's families came from and then it gives you a lot of everything from very superficial medical or superficial things like um, what your likely eye colors would have been and all the way to some serious medical things that could be informative and uh, I really think that that kind of a business delivered over the web, you know, the prices are going to come down dramatically, I'm sure, in the next few years. It's really amazing to be part of. That sounds so cool and so interesting. Everybody check it out. And do check out eHarmony if you're looking for serious long-term relationships. Greg Waldorf, CEO of eHarmony, thanks so much for being with me today. Sure, Larry. It's great to be with you, and thanks for having me on. Um, thanks again, Greg, and thanks everyone in the audience for listening to today's Market Edge conversation. Tune in again next Tuesday at 12 o'clock Eastern Time in the U.S. to webmasterradio.fm for another edition of Market Edge. This is Larry Weber. Bye-bye.